Well, hello and welcome to Watch What Crappens, a podcast about all that crap we just love to talk about on Yeo Bravs. Hello! I just wanted to be calm today, I don't know why, but hello everybody! It's Watch What Crappens! I'm Ronnie, that's Ben over there. Hi, my little Benjamin Moon. Hi, Ronnie. I'll also be a calming presence for you. <laughs> no, we do not need to be calm. It's a recap day. It's Real Housewives of Potomac Day. Uh, reunion number two of four. Four. We will uh, be going on. I was saying to Ronnie beforehand, like between Potomac and Beverly Hills, by the time this is done, we will have been covering reunions for eight straight weeks on this show. I'm about to lose my mind. It's so fun, but it's it's just, it's really rigorous. It's like... So much to write down. So much. It is. So and good. you know, I've started doing it like, um, we're going to make this fun time. And so I get like got like a tray of cookies and a blanket. Oh, fun. And, you know, sit in front of the fire and just make a night of it. And it's fun. But, you know, I'm not feeling great because I ate a lot of cookies. I mean, they take a long time. And there's so much like screaming and yelling on reunions. And God, I love it, you know? And I'm yeah. so, uh, I feel so lucky that we get to do this because really rewinding with closed captioning on and hearing every single little detail, I feel like there's so much that I would miss if I was just watching it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I think like, I think you have such a great outlook of like, let's make it a fun time and as, as an excuse to have cookies, which I'm totally going to do next week. Um, but like, my issue is that I had just left a pot, I left a potluck early because. Well, not that early. I just left like 30 minutes early, but before the ice cream came out, which is a big deal for me to leave before the, the ice cream. And um, and I was just was like, I was in food coma. I was without ice cream. And all I wanted to do was really just go to sleep or play like a little video game or something. And I think like when you have that mindset of like, I this is not what I want to be doing right now, it makes it that much harder. So I really like your take, which is oh, like, yes. make it like, Make it the make it the time of the week when you get to have cookies, you know. <laughs> and I think that's really going to help me. I'm totally going to adopt that. Well, I couldn't go to sleep without watching it. First of all, I couldn't just be like, oh, "I'm drunk. I'm going to go to bed," because I would go to sleep like, "Oh my god!" Searching the hashtag on Twitter, being like, "Oh my god, who are we mad at this week, ladies?" So, <laughs> um, and also, I have no life. You know, I'm still in Texas. I've been here two years. Really, haven't left the house except to see my mima, really, and or like see the nieces or whatever. So, I, these are my friends, you know. Like, Speaking I of off, I'm so sad lately. I'm like, Karen Huga, you're my friend. Mm? Speaking of Mimas, can we give a big, uh, a big tap dance to the to the to the skies to Miss Lois, who passed away today? Um, she was our wonderful, wonderful Lo- that Lois. That's Lisa Rinna's mom. So rest in power, as they say. But also, let's you know, this is not a sad moment. This is a celebration of a wonderful, wonderful life. So. So, R.I.P. Miss Lois. R.I.P. Yeah, she made it a long time. I mean, she was 93, a I long think, time. right? It's crazy. Yeah, and she was like, I mean, she was sharp as a tack until the end, it seemed like. But she had a stroke uh, on Friday. It was very sad. But uh, I'm trying to do this, Ronnie, in a way that is celebratory and happy. Because I know you don't like it when well, Lois. I mean, that's podcast. a huge, but that's a huge Bravo icon. You know, my thing is when it's just like some rant, you know, some rando. It's <laughs> like, lifeguard. oh, did you know that Tom it's Jones like, is, you know, Butler passed away. Not that that makes him any less important, but you know what I mean. I just feel like sometimes people like to relish in all the bad news. You know, those people who are like, "How are you today? Oh my God, did you hear about?" lucy's sister cancer it's like oh my god seriously like every time you see them they only talk about the bad things 
Well, I'm not like be. I'm not like that. I, it's just more like though I I wouldn't want someone to listen and be like, how are they not acknowledging like that this is like something that happened? So yeah. that's my way of making sure our listeners are feeling seen and heard. But also more importantly, R.I.P. Lois. R.I.P. Big time. Yes, for sure. Okay, and now from so- R.I.P. to R.H.O.P. Or to show like that. Um, so go <laughs> buy that. tickets for Crappens Live. They're on sale now. Watch at Crappens.com. <laughs> we start in January in New York City. We're going to 21 places. going to be so much fun. Go get your tickets. Um, also, Dwell Hello is our House Hunters podcast. That got picked up ooh, for another season. So we're going to be doing a bunch more episodes of those. Those are already on your feed. If you don't like them, skip over them. If you do like them, come to our Instagram at Watch What Crappens and tell us what episodes you want us to cover. And we will do yeah. that. Okay. We're gonna be um, we're gonna be going in we're gonna be watching a Thruple episode soon with a famous Thruple episode. We're even gonna be downloading Discovery Plus for it because it's so monumental. So yes. it's gonna be fun. Yes. Um okay, so here we are with Real Housewives of Potomac Reunion Part Two. And we're starting where we left off with me and Candace fighting and Candace just screaming, you know, just yelling both of them just yelling over each other, but Candace does the repeating her words thing until the other person is quiet. You know, yeah. just if you just repeat the words enough, shouting them, the other person will get tired. You know, it's a classic housewives tactic, and she is using it right now. So Mia's like, I'm not talking to her. She won't let me talk, so fuck her. And Candace is like, Yeah, fuck me, fuck me. I'm like doing gestures like she's fucking herself on the couch. Yeah. And Mia's like, my mother wanted to tell her a story. And Candace goes, didn't seem like it. And Mia says, well, you would never understand. Spoil brat. And she's like, I wish I could understand, but you ruined the opportunity. <laughs> I love how she spins that. She, you ruined the opportunity by being disrespectful. <laughs> so yes. it's like, so sorry, Mia's mom. So, sorry, Veronica. You could have told your story, but unfortunately... Because Mia was disrespectful to Candace's shitty music video, you've lost your platform. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, she won't let me talk. Just shut the fuck up about my mother. And she's like, you do not get to decide who I attack or how I respond. <laughs> I love she's being a victim on being policed on how she attacks people. Yes. <laughs> like, you do not get to tell me how I am vicious and vile to someone. I get to choose who I'm going to be vicious and vile to. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, well, you know what? Fuck you. I'm done with you, and you better watch your back. And then Wendy's like, watch your fucking back. Oh, my God. Did did everybody hear that? That was a threat. (laughs) Yeah. And Mia's like, her ass kicking is overdue, and I'm not the one to do it. And Andy's, like, smiling. Andy Andy loves it. He's smiling like, oh, yeah? I love this. This is fun. Can't wait to lecture everybody about this next year. Uh, and Candace <laughs> screams, you don't understand what I am going through. <laughs> so Candace is like, are you going to kick my ass? Are you going to kick my ass? Which is a nice callback to, are, you're going to drag, drag me, me, Monique? Drag me, Monique. Yeah, and Giselle goes, well, I hope not, da, because she's three times bigger than you. Ah. And Karen's like, mm, well, yeah. Listen, Candace, are you stepping out on the streets of non-Surrey County, talking to strangers this way? You said you wanted me to burn and go to eternal hell. 
And when Giselle says, I hope not, because she's three times as big as you, Candace goes, well, you encouraged her to do it. So she's already lay laying the groundwork to blame someone else for her ass maybe getting kicked later. You know, you got yeah. you to gotta respect how Candace lays all this groundwork, you know, throughout yeah. these fights. So then we see a clip of um, Karen at the last reunion talking about the text being told to burn in eternal hell. And she's like, Candace, do you understand? This is like a tourism in Surrey until I came along. It has to stop. What you have to understand <laughs> is, Giselle and I have been doing it for six years. We're pros. We've been dicing each other, slicing each other. But we do not do is we do not cut to the bone. Mm -hmm. Candace's like, yes, you do. She goes, no, I do it with a, a twist of humor. And so does she. I mean, as humorous as she can be. And what we do is we leave enough grace. And then, and then she, like, she can't even finish her statement because Wendy says, but you said that she has an STD. And <laughs> Giselle's like, yes, well, you respond, Candace, uh, you respond to 100% da. And I don't respond to 100% da of the things that come out of Karen's mouth. Uh, and she's, well... I damn sure don't respond to 1% that comes out of Giselle's mouth. Twist, twist of humor. Twist yeah, of humor. Wendy's like, wait a minute, you said she had an STD, and Candace is like, yeah, because you made a t-shirt making fun of your friend's tax woes. So, and I don't think this needs to be said, but it does, I guess. Of course Karen's full of shit. Of course she's full of shit. Yes, yeah. you do. Yes, you do do that. So Giselle's like, well, uh, so Candace is like, she called you a broken whore from... Hampton University, and Giselle goes, yes, but I don't respond, nah. She's like, but she talked about your vagina, your legs, body shaming, body shaming, she body shames, she body shames. Yeah, but I mean, I think that the difference is that, like, well, I'm not going to say that this is fully, uh, you know, I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but it seems like Giselle and Karen, they go after, like, things that have been done or actions or activities. They don't necessarily go after uh, the things that like you're born with that you can't change, but I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they have. <laughs> I'm sure they have. Well, stove but by and large, legs, you know. I mean, you they say? do. Stove they do, but legs. it's like, <laughs> but they. That's true. But they they do, but there is sort of a sense like, okay, you give it to me, I'm giving it back to you. It sort of it does have a. There's a sort of a sportsmanship about it, and um and Candace doesn't. She doesn't really read the. Candace just goes in for the kill. She doesn't really uh. She doesn't meet the the uh, the recipient of the insult where they are with the initial. Like her whole thing is like, you come after me. Like if you leave me alone, I'm fine. But like uh, if you mess with me, I'm gonna come back. And the thing is that she always comes back so much harder that it's like, right? It's, does it's the like, punishment yikes. does the punishment fit the crime? And also, yeah. there's like body shaming, yes. But then there's also calling a pregnant woman fat or a woman who just had a baby fat, you know? Yeah. And Giselle's like, you have no, and by the way, this is from someone, me with a horrible fucking mouth. So yeah, like, I get that I'm in a glass house right now. Okay. So hello, I'm waving to everybody from my glass house. <laughs> so Giselle's hello. like, you have no self-awareness. And Andy's like, well, we got a lot of comments about your body shaming, Candace. You were talking about her big ass feet. How big are they, me? I want to shame them too. And she's like, they're 12. And he's like, well, you know, so why all the body shaming, Candace? You said everybody does it. And she's like, yes, there is a history in this group. And Wendy's like, yeah, Ashley said that Mia's vagina is beat to a pulp. Um, is that body shaming or just behavior shaming? I can't tell. I, I'm, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm, I really can't tell what the line is on that one. 
But, I have no uh, idea. And didn't Mia say, didn't Mia, she was commenting on something Mia said about her husband being so big and coming from behind or something. Wasn't that it? I think it's just oh with Candace. God. She just also goes to the same well over and over and over again. So like, yeah, they all kind of, they'll have those moments like what the stovepipe leg or things like that. But like Candace just hits the same note repeatedly, like forehead, 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 like big feet, big feet, wide, wide, wide ass, wide, like over and over and over again. That's kind of like, okay, this is not like a one-off shade. This is like an ongoing attempt to like really like find a vulnerability and just wreck someone because of it. And I think that's where it, it's like it, it sort of catches everyone, right? You know so what Candace... it is for me, honestly, because I had to think about this long and hard because this is the episode Colorism comes up, which actually I was surprised it was just such a short little thing. It was like they didn't even finish the conversation. And I was actually kind of looking forward to the conversation after so much buildup. But, um, you know, I was doing like a lot of self-checking, you know, like, yeah. do you know, do a lot of this. I've talked about this this season. Like, is my issues with Candace, like, is it a race thing? Like, what what is, is, it, it? is it like hidden bias or is it? No, like, honestly, to me, it's the reaction to it. it's not what she's even saying. I mean, I think if she body shames Ashley and says like distasteful things. OK, it's her reaction on being called out. You know, she always yeah. acts like a fucking child when she's called out. Everybody else knows how to deal with it or say, I'm sorry yes. or not. But Candace, every single time goes, uh-uh, you do it. You do Everyone else does. You do it. You do it. It's like a little fucking child, you know? And then later when she's talking about how her response, she's so eloquent. It's just her responses. You're, you're just calling people fat and ugly. Like, how is that yeah. a response, you know? Yeah, so, I, I agree with you. I was also doing a lot of that because I think it's really important to know, like, is my reaction coming from a place of bias or is it coming from just what this person's doing? And as far as I can tell, I don't think it's coming from a place of bias, but it's often the people who are the most biased who don't yeah, realize. Maybe. But um, but that being said, um, I was also thinking almost the same thing, which is that, you know, with Candace, it's like not just that she says these things and not just even that she goes to the same well, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, but also like when she when when someone like volleys it back to her, she's just she starts to cry. And then she's like, and they, there's a there's a time. good amount of victimization amongst really literally every real housewife or Bravo star. So like that's par for the course. But she she really she pulls out the the tissue and then just everyone else does it. And you're right, it is so childlike that it just kind of is it's almost like there's there's not that um there isn't that resilience that Karen and Giselle have, which is like those inflatable things where like you you knock them, they come bouncing back, right? Like, I mean, she for sure is tenacious, but um I think that's why everyone is kind of like, wow, you come so hard. And the moment anyone like sort of comes back at you, you're like crying and yep. then you got the tissue pit. It's just it's, you know, right. I think that's where I feel my my emotions come from yeah she's a baby like i was sitting there i had a plate of cookies and i literally looked at my plate of cookies and i was like i will not give that child any of my cookies a little fucking brat <laughs> like she's she's getting none of my cookies so candace I mean, is like and wendy was subject to egregious body shaming and wendy goes oh yeah happy and ness no one fucking shamed happy and ness okay? no one did everybody ha you've had a fucking parade around the block for your tits lady okay all season long nobody has shaded happy or ness yeah this pair i actually agree candace and if wendy like having each other's back is making me crazy through 
throughout this whole reunion. Yeah. If anything, if, if I seem to remember, if it was almost like Wendy was a little bit of the shamer to Mia in the beginning of the season about what Mia's gotten done, right? Just a, you know, just a little bit. So Ashley is basically Ashley's like, well, she's like, well, I, well, what I will say is that it's coming back to me because I'm the one with the saggy titties now. Karma's a bitch. Yeah, because they're talking about Sharice. Because Ashley's like, you know, yeah. Ashley referred to Sharice's titties as saggy. Um, and so uh, Candace is like, well, and you know what? With karma, my feet may grow. Maybe I'll have big ass feet. but And they won't be at 12. That's true. But maybe I'll get karma too. Ha <laughs> ha. So then no. Andy's like, well, Candace, Saran from Rap Michigan wants to know if you've considered <laughs> anger management and why did you feel the need to throw food at me? And Candace is like, when someone is disrespectful to me in a way that I feel I'm being bullied or if someone is attempting bullied. to push me into the ground, I'm going to respond. You were chasing her around the house, calling her a whore. What kind of revisionist history is this? Yeah. I think she has to get into why she feels so easily, why she feels full on bullied, right? Like that's, and that actually is maybe where the colorism may come into play because, you know, colorism is a very real thing. And, you know, who knows what her childhood was in terms of dealing with that and what sort of like sort of reactions and triggers that has now like built into her. But I think she has to maybe deal with why she is so super easily triggered into thinking she's bullied because it's almost like, it's almost like a, it's, it's, it almost feels a little bit like a get out of jail card, get out of jail free card, right? Of like, well, I was bullied. I was triggered. It's like, well, but you're so easily triggered and bullied and I'm not taking away your trigger, but maybe you should look into why you're so easily triggered and like wind up flying off the handle like this. Um, so Andy's like, well, Wendy, Candace is your buddy. What do you think about her comebacks? And she's like, well, I do think that we all cut deep. And he's like, but so you think that she's no different than anybody else? He goes, no, I think that when Candace says it, it she sticks the landing, Andy. <laughs> yeah, right. You're fat. There's not you're, a lot of... you're a whore. So Candace is like, um, yes. So I do. Do I not <laughs> stick the landing to spare the feelings of the people in this group? Okay. All right. You're not on freaking like inside the actor's studio here. Don't like you're act she's acting like she has to like 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 dampen her craft, her like ruin her art to, to spare people's feelings. Well, actually maybe you should. Maybe you shouldn't stick the if you are actually if everyone's getting annoyed with you, maybe you should consider what you could do to spare the feelings of people in the group. I think that's actually a good thing in life is to spare the feelings of people that you're around. Um, yeah, so she, Karen's right? like, Candace, well, I just, I just don't see the sticking the landing thing <laughs> I, at all. I don't think she well, is sticking, sticking the landing. landing. Thing is ridiculous. Like, when you stick the landing, you don't get dragged out of the room by your husband because you're having a literal physical temper tantrum that you need to be pulled from a room to stop throwing things. Yeah. And screaming think... horror at the top of your lungs. That's not, sti I never saw Carrie Strug do that. Okay? I don't think, I don't saying drag me, Monique, is really sticking the landing. It's just, just saying three words. But, um, you know. I I, uh, I just think that like it's I forget what the rest of my point was, but it was gonna be really good and probably a piggyback off of Carrie. It was a yes and to Carrie Strug. <laughs> Am well, I right, worry. everyone? We've, Mary Lou We still got ten Go hours on. left in this recap, so don't worry. <laughs> so Karen's like, Candace, if you keep going, you may not have to spare anyone's feelings because everyone may tune you out. And she goes, mm -hmm. and if you want to tune me out and walk away from me, that's fine. Because what you are failing to remember. And Karen's like, no one wants that, but we don't want to stand in the line of fire either. Yeah, and Giselle goes, 
you know, I've been here for six seasons. Ah, and Candace interrupts her and says, Ben, you've been the worst reader in the moment. She goes, well, there never had been an altercation with me. And she goes, well, not with you, but you did walk your friend into your other friend's restaurant to get in her face, at which point I knew you were so happy about this. Yes. Giselle and Robin going into Ashley's restaurant. I was, because Robin is such a fucking hypocrite. And she was last season, too. Because Robin has almost gotten physical with Monique and Ashley. Um, So her whole, like, oh, what? I'm horrified was always just hugely hypocritical to me. So Giselle's like, yeah, but I didn't know what she was going to do. And Robin's like, I just saw Ashley and I saw Red. And she goes, well, that's anger, which is a Mm. decent point on Candace's part. And so she's like, but the point is, I'm very aware of myself. You all aren't aware of yourselves. You want to hold me to a standard that is different from the things you all do. She's not, Candace is the least aware of herself. If she were aware of herself, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'm not saying that they're aware of themselves, but she is definitely not aware of themselves. So um, Candace is like, says that everyone has done something that, that gets physical. And Robin is like, okay, well, so you don't think that maybe like you take it like maybe a step or two farther than other people do? She goes, I think I am better at wielding my words. <laughs> It's like, stop, like, you're, okay, Miss Wordsmith, like, stop trying to turn this into something that elevates you in this situation, you know, you're tenacious, and you're, you're, like, you're vicious, okay, but, like, that's not the question of whether or not you're vicious, it's that you do take it, you just, like, you don't read the room, she's like that person who's drinking three glasses of wine when everyone's still on their first. Oh. I feel so seen. So Robin's like, it just drags on. It just drags on. And Andy says, well, it seems like they're trying to give you big sister advice here, Candace. She's like, and to my sisters, I say, I'm okay. I hear you. And he's like, well, when you found out the backstory of Mia's mom, you did have a lovely apology. And then months later, after the show started airing, Mia, now I'm saying this to you, and I said this to Candace last year, you have become a disaster on social media. A disaster! And Candace is like, yep! And she goes, yeah, and I own that, Andy. And he says, and you're like, and Candace goes, the worst! The worst! Oh, just shut up! Candace. My God! Doesn't mean Can you're you're good candace on this yes part. let him let him do it for christ and sake. mia's so funny because she's like i own it i own it. it was my social media manager that was basically me. it was my twin version of me <laughs> my evil twin and i own it i own that i didn't write those things okay it's time for a commercial it's time for a crappens commercial and so then andy's like yeah you blame your social media manager but do you think your social media strategy is landing for you i mean because you're getting fights with these guys and chris bassett and all these people and candace goes yeah my husband wanted to sleep with you according to you and she says that because the tweet was you'd be mad if you found out your husband was tossing my salad in the kitchen sous shelf um (laughs) which it's just a terrible nonsensical tweet who even knows what yes. she was talking about and um mia's like well i definitely think i was a disaster and um i will do better okay everybody and wendy's like but it was you not your social media manager and she's like but i do have a social media manager and she wears ball gowns and she works behind the bar and then she takes off her dress sometimes that's what i've always said from the very beginning her name is Marrera. We're Mia and Marrera. We're basically twins. So Candace is like, so did you block me or did she? She goes, oh, you're blocked? My bad. I didn't know. She also is like pretty close to me. And she's like pretty much the same person. Like we really mesh well. And we've known each other for over 20 years. 
But I do own everything that was said, even though it wasn't said by me. But I own it, even though I totally didn't say it, and it's all her fault. But I own it. So Candace is going, woo! <laughs> Wendy says, this is pathological. I mean, it's like, but I own everything I said about not being at fault for anything. And Candace is like, so your social media manager wakes up at 7 a.m. to make attacks at, make attacks at a scala? And then this is about the, um, oh, why don't we see your lifestyle? Because you live in a townhouse with your mother. Tweet. And Escala's like, yeah, are you paying them overtime? Oh, by the way, everyone, hi, I'm still here. Are you paying them overtime? Because you, because let me tell you something, Andy. I'm trying to figure out why we got all these tweets about Escala from Mia. Like, why? Why are you worried this much about me? And poor Escala, she's she's made all these printouts of these texts as if Andy really cares about what's going on with Escala's life. Yeah, poor thing. They never even get to the printed texts. And he's yeah. like, so were you? Why were you blowing up this Kinko workers Twitter? Who's standing here with all these copies? I mean, it's like, can I sing those? And when he goes, this is my thing. Not just your social media. You're going and you're responding to people. And Candace is like, and why are you reading those like you don't know what they say? <laughs> like, give me a break. She goes, I have a whole team. I'm sorry. So Wendy goes, so how did your social media manager know Escal lived in a townhouse? Only you can know that. And Mia's like, well, I need them to speak on my behalf. It needs to be my work. See, here's the thing. All right. Back in 1972, a scientist ripped me from my mother's arms and in, took some of my DNA and created an alternative version of me. Two separate people, but we share the same brain. So naturally, I wasn't writing the tweets, but my thoughts did transfer over about the townhouse. I was like, send twin information about townhouse. So that's how that happened. And I take total accountability for it. What is that? <laughs> what? What is that from? Was that from a TV that, show? I fully made up that narrative. <laughs> it wasn't a parody of anything. But it just sort of sounded like, like something that? Like I was trying to figure 70s. it out so hard. Yeah. Ronnie's like trying to add it to his Netflix queue. He's like, I need something to watch. I'm desperate. <laughs> I know. I need new friends. Um, so uh, also, this is a this is terrible mystery solving, right? Only you knew that she lived in a townhouse. Oh, really? Is that some huge secret in the housewives world that Escala has a townhouse? So <laughs> Mia's like, um, well, you know, they know what I know because they have to speak on my behalf. And Andy says, Mia... Ernie's be bleached butthole on Twitter says, Escala, you said Mia is classist, but the only ones who showed classism were you and Candace. What's wrong with being a stripper? And Escala says, well, every time that we were together, it was talking about how many businesses she owns and how much money she makes, which is like so tacky. And like, Mia, I'm not like, I'm not like, I'm not the IRS. I don't need to know how much money you make every year. Landed it. I needed to get that line in. Thank you, Andy, so much. And Candace literally has the nuts to say. She consistently wields her economic status as a weapon. Um, weren't you the one, aren't you the one always calling people poor roaches on Twitter, ma'am? Yeah, I'm like, are you the one to really be saying this? So Andy's the one like, who was extremely triggered about having a, a music video that was low budget was called low budget and like being like like furious about that insinuation. <laughs> well, let me say this: it's your first season as a housewife, Mia, and I've seen it happen many, many times. You get new boobs. I'm sorry, that's your next season, okay? <laughs> but first season, you get swept up in the moment and you go wacky on social. She's like, um, I'm gonna leave these girls alone. Like, I don't even worry about them. 
Yeah, she's like, I've got other things to do. And then they're like, oh, oh. Then now they're like mad. <laughs> they're like, yeah. they're like, oh, God, that wasn't a friendly answer. She's like, well, it's an honest answer. She's like, yeah. oh, well, like, you need to say, like, I'm not going to, like, you need to not say things like, I'm not going to worry about these girls. So now they're like mad with her saying, like, so now Candace, saying, I'm just. Candace gets gonna- to tell people how to react with manners now, which is just yeah. hilarious after the last segment. So Andy's yeah. like, well, we're not going to solve the Candace and Mia issue at this moment. And Wendy goes, I believe it's been solved. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like, Escala, <laughs> thanks for being here. Didn't even realize you were here. You I don't know how they got you in here, but those are cool printouts. Next time use a color printer, it'd be even better on TV. Okay, bye, Escala. And Mia goes, you brought her all the way here to say those two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls break for an hour and then candace is everyone gets up and candace is like um giselle let me tell you this is bullshit and she's like but you do go too far rah. and she goes with me and she says with everyone nah. and she goes but i wasn't just at 10 by myself mm-hmm. typical candace and answer giselle's like you got to have ownership bah, for something candace it'll do you favors in life bah. So then backstage, Ashley, um, Ashley's asking Mia if she's okay. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, see you, boss bitch, et cetera, et cetera. And then Wendy goes and knocks on Candace's door and, and like, comes in. And they, they, like, have a little chat. And Wendy's like, I always got your back out of the group. You can use your words. You're the best at saying words. <laughs> yeah, your words land. And Candace is like, when I say your mama, all hell has broken loose because I could have gone into the gutter at that moment with Mia. She goes, but your gutter is everyone else's hell. And they laugh. And Candace mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I'm a bitch. My responses are hard. You know, if you leave me alone, you won't have to go there. So she keeps saying that. It's like, yes, but like a lot of times people do leave you alone. It's like you can't even. She's like, you can't even like. Like, the slightest thing she will use as justification is like, well, you came for me. It's like, I brought you a kind bar, you know? So uh, so then we have a Marshalls commercial. Did you see this Marshalls commercial? Um, with Sierra and... Sierra and Melissa Gorga. It was like this very strange pairing of Sierra from Summer House and Melissa Gorga of New Jersey. Yeah, I don't and... like that commercial because I feel like when Sierra says, um, I mean, did I leave my doors unlocked? That's just too believable that the Gorgas broke into your home to go into your closet. You know what I mean? They need to do less realistic storylines. But they also made like Melissa Gorga kind of like the like the fairy godmother in this situation. Like, like, oh, here's Sierra, this sad, gorgeous fashion model who needs the help of Melissa Gorga from like tacky ass wherever she is. And like it's like I think it should be the other way around that Melissa Gorga is like you know, dealing with the crap at Envy, and she needs Sierra to come in and, and spruce her up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I caught about five seconds and didn't press my favorite button, the FF. Okay, the it was, FF it was, I watched the whole thing. I got myself very involved in the narrative. I kept on hoping that there'd be more cameos, but it was just the two of them, and um, it was strange. And we're back Ah! Karen and Giselle The season, the tension escalated When you went after each other's families Giz said she wanted Ray to live But is the friendship Dead So we watch a whole montage of them going back and forth And then uh, So I gotta ask a question about Giselle's Fiery box And Karen's like oh yes yes I got that from the blogs The blogs and Candace is like, hot box means you have an STD. And, and uh, 
they're basically saying how it's like it was all over the blogs and and then Wendy goes oh really but let's disres- let's disregard them though huh let's disregard them right yeah I, and, I didn't uh, I wasn't sure what the I understood the point but I was like aren't you on the side of ah uh, never mind well um, she's ex- I think she's expecting them to be all up in arms about it right like but Giselle neither Giselle or Karen really care. So yeah. she's like, but let's disregard them. But the whole point is that they are disregarding them. Giselle did yeah. disregard them as stupid, you know, and yeah. then Karen admitted they were stupid. So, and in fact, that's what Robin says. Robin says the same blog that said something about Eddie said something about Giselle, but you saw Giselle brush it off and didn't care. Yeah, she didn't make a big deal about it. She's like, why? And as we saw earlier, Robin said she shouldn't police how people respond. Next question. Next question, Andy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't- yeah. I don't remember that, but I, mean, I, I believe it happened, but I don't remember that. So um, I just wrote, Ugh, she's so annoying right now. That's what I wrote. So Robin's like, uh, Wendy. She's oh. like, next question. I'm like, <laughs> okay, Wendy. You know, the the second chair or first chair has gone to your head, Wendy. Okay. Move <laughs> her over for a segment. So Robin's like, oh my lord. And Andy goes, um, so Barney from Rubble says, what do you have against Hampton University, Karen? Because you called Giselle a broken whore from there. And she's like, well, first of all, the ambassador of Surrey County would like to formally apologize to Hampton University. Their drive through diploma department is respectable. And it's only 99 cents for a supersized French fry. So sorry, Hampton. Love your ins. Now we I all wasn't... we all have to respect a university that has ham in the title. It doesn't come out of Surrey ham, <laughs> but still a good try. Not just ham, but tons of it. <laughs> tons of it. Now I wasn't sorry about calling you a broken whore because that's what the streets were saying, Giselle. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Candace goes. She goes. There's that hoe word because she's she's trying to show that people are just as mean and just as cutting as she is. So now she's trying to call it out, but she doesn't seem to understand like how words work and that they have different like impacts with different <laughs> contexts with different intonations from different people. Uh, so um, Andy's like, well, you made a co- you made comments about Ray's dingling, and that's where the the comments come from. And Giselle says. Well, you sat there and you said you were hurt uh, and destroyed uh, because I wish death on Ray, which you knew at the moment and you know now is never true. Uh. Which is completely true. This was crazy on Karen's part. She's like, do I believe that you wish death on Ray now? Mm, no, no, I don't now that we've been through it and I've watched the season. But how would you feel if I said your daddy had to be dead and buried before your looks faded? Mm? She sounds like, well, from that comment, uh, I would know that you don't want my father to die, uh, because I understand the English language. Uh. And if Raven came to you and said that was an issue, uh, why didn't you discuss it season four, five, five, we're at six, season six now? Like, why didn't you discuss it then? Uh? And Karen's <laughs> so Karen. like, well, Raven was just a child then, and now she's a grown woman, and it follows her around every day of her grown woman life. Mm, Raven. <laughs> I love that Karen is throwing Raven under the bus for it. Well, she asked me not to. She asked me not to with my little child. She was a child and she grew 14 years over one year. It was amazing. <laughs> I know. It's like a toddler she sent to the old island, you know? She came back. <laughs> uh, so it's Karen's like in between like, well, succumb seasons. Yeah. You know, like when they're like three and then they come back and they're 10 years old. 
Well, first of all, Karen's crazy with this. Giselle never said she wanted Ray to die. And second of all, the real asshole in this is Ray. Okay? You're the one who should be apologizing. Ray was a fucking asshole when he said that. You have to go find a man before your looks fade. That's disgusting. Yeah. Okay? Exactly. Uh, So then Andy is like, Liberty from Mutual says, Wendy, do you think it's hypocritical for Giselle to want Karen to apologize when Giselle goes around talking about Eddie and other people's husbands? And Giselle goes, well, I didn't spread any rumors about Eddie. Ah, And Wendy's like, no, you went to everyone except for me talking about rumors when Karen spoke facts about Jamal. You know, and I have kids who can read, okay? So good job, Giselle. Let's clap for you. Let's clap for you, Giselle. Okay, and before we even get on to this next part, she's so right. I mean, this is Giselle is such an asshole for doing this, for bringing those rumors up on camera, behind her back. It was shitty. It was a snake move. It was horrible to do to somebody. Um, And I would just like to remind Wendy that that's the exact same thing that Giselle did last season to Monique. And guess whose side you were on? Giselle and Mm. Robbins. It's the same storyline now being played out against you. Have fun. Okay, this is who you supported. Okay, and you might want to think about that and look at who you're currently supporting because that shit will come back to bite you as well. Oh, with Candace, definitely. So Giselle's like, so then Giselle has this moment where she goes, and I have kids too. Uh, and you looked at my daughter, cockeyed, crazy. Uh, and it was all on camera. And even her kids, even Grace's friends called her and said, Wendy looked at you crazy. So then when they show this footage of like the, uh, the, the party, the, the reasonably shady party when just, when Grace is going walking up the driveway to get the car and you just see Wendy just looking at it. Like it's, to me, it was she like a normal. She just watches her pass. Yeah. She just watches her pass. I was like, I was like waiting for it. I was like, I don't see anything crazy. She didn't smile <laughs> and say like, thank you or anything like that. Like she wasn't she was just like, Pleasantly nice, sm- I thought she was like had a pleasant face on if anything. I thought she just still had her serious face, but was watching them pass. And then, when she passed, she kind of like looked her up and down, but I think she was just maybe thinking like, "Oh, what a nice young lady!" <laughs> like, yeah, I, I didn't think <laughs> I, I didn't think anything of it. Or she's I'm trying to find like, fault in everything at all times. Yeah, or maybe she was thinking, "What the hell is going on here? Why are like, <laughs> why, why, why is like Candace and Candace and Grace like going to a car right now? Isn't Grace the one who nearly drove like a VW Bug off of a cliff or something? Like, what's happening?" Yeah, but Giselle has no legs to stand on here. So she's trying to make it about you hurt my child. So Mia's like, "Um, are you calling her daughter a liar, Wendy? And she goes, I'm calling Giselle a liar. You want to see how mature I am? I apologize to Grace. There, there, I apologize to Grace. So make sure you apologize to Carter and Cruz when your time comes. And if you want to do it in writing, that's fine because they can read. As I might have mentioned. Okay. Make sure, make sure, make sure you apologize to my children. So then Giselle's like, uh, I stood up to their father. Uh, um, for their father. She's saying, I stood up for Eddie and said that he didn't oh, do for it. Their, yeah, for their, yeah. Wendy's like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> she's, she's like, you didn't stand up for shit. We watched you, liar. Liar. It's time for a commercial. It's time for a crappens commercial. And he's like, okay, moving on. A bear from Charmin, Wisconsin says, how are we supposed to believe anything Karen says when she said Giselle went to Sing Sing? Well, it sounded good. You know, it sounded good. <laughs> and you liked alliteration. I'm not sure what I know what that word is, but it sounds fun. I wanted to lift the moment. We went too dark. I wanted to be an example to a young idiot like Candace. I went too dark, so I thought I'd be making... Fun times by making wild accusations about Sing Sing, which, as we all know, is the place where you go and you watch both movies of the Sing 
franchise. <laughs> I'm building a new neighborhood in Surrey called Sing Sing. Sounds fun. Bring the whole family. <laughs> and Robin's like, um, but you also said that she was a drug addict and alcoholic and wasn't in a mental institution. <laughs> so we okay. see a clip of that. And Karen's like, no, I didn't. No, no. Well, you can't say no, that. I did, the, way, I did say the, drug addict and alcoholic <laughs> and stovepipe leg. Okay, I did say that. But what's so funny is that, like, usually when they said, you called, them, you called her a drunk, you called her a drug addict, normally the clip is something like, oh, and you've been drinking and I know what you've been doing at night. But this, this clip is just Karen going... You are a drunk and a drug addict. You are all those things. It's like the most blatant and incom- like like there's no there's no other way to hear that line right there. Like, no, I didn't say that. Well, no, I did say drug addict and I did say alcoholic. Sh- sure, but did I say them in that order? Hmm. And Candace is like, well, those are fighting words. Thinking she made a point, you know, but no yeah. one threw things or had to be physically carried out of the room by their husband so they wouldn't get into a physical altercation. But then yeah. Giselle jumps in and makes a point much better. She's like, um, do you understand that Karen and I sat across from the table and we didn't fight? And Karen's like, <laughs> yeah. well, I did grab the table. I grabbed it. <laughs> I grabbed I grabbed it because I, I was shaking so much, but that was mainly because I was in the presence of a one-wick candle. So Giselle is like, and that is what the difference is. Uh, and Candace is like, but it's still verbal sparring. Yes, but it wasn't aggressive. We were stating facts, okay? And she, Karen actually starts to laugh at her own bullshit. Um, did you catch that? Because when she <laughs> says ridiculous. facts, she starts to giggle because she's, <laughs> what's, I mean, she knows she's so full of it. And then she's saying we were stating facts on the, on the, on the heels of this clip of her saying, you're a drug addict and an alcoholic. I was saying facts. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) She's full of shit. So uh, she's like, well, here's the difference. I have regret there. I said it. Now, can you say you have regret, Candace? Hmm?" And Candace is like, absolutely. Yes, I have regret. And Ashley just sighs and rolls her eyes like, Jesus, this is so, (laughs) make it end. Well, I will say it was really fun seeing the two of you getting along. You know, you got to explain salad tossing to you and teabagging. Now, okay, I want each of you to say something positive to each other, okay? So Giselle's like, hmm, uh, well, we were in the doghouse with each other, uh, but you were woman enough. To say, I'm coming to this woman's house, uh, so I've got to bring her something. And that was respectable. Uh, she brought me a gift. Uh, and then you saw my kids, and you jumped up, and you hugged them. And that shows a deep love of... Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. Uh, oh, Andy, do you have an erection? Because I'm going to cry. It's finally <laughs> happening. Put that thing away, Andy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I love that she said you brought a gift to my home. She brought you the dom shit to your home yeah okay she brought you like product placement these two are in cahoots for this whole thing and it's hilarious so she's like i am going to cry yeah and karen's like do not make me cry do not make me cry i'm gonna cry too so they both cry (laughs) (laughs) i like to be part of this i'm gonna cry too (laughs) and karen says she likes to hold on to a grudge but i also hold on to the trust of a child (laughs) andy Thank you for respecting that. The one thing that binds us is motherhood and nothing else because, as I mentioned before, she's a slut with a firebox and is a drunk and an alcoholic and a drug user, but you're also a phenomenal mother, and I know that you have this armor because of what you've been through, and it takes a strong woman to come through that and be vulnerable, which you barely are, so you're barely a strong woman, and I'm looking forward to moving on in a 
funnier, lighter way, you silly drug addict. I know you guys will always, sh- I know we'll always hate each other. Yeah, and then they do that fake housewives hug, which, you know, every reunion needs one. So then it actually, all right, it's an Ashley segment. Someone purposely got themselves impregnated with not one, but two of Michael's children. Let's watch this play out. Here's my yeah, so we Z, 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 Top. So Dylan is so Dylan is seven months old now, and Dean is two years and three months, and now and she's like, oh, and by the way, Dean looks like me now. So everyone, stop freaking out. Okay, we all saw the picture in People magazine. He looks like me now, everyone. So Andy's like, he's like, so tell me about postpartum. What made it easier this time around? Is it because your boobs were a little bit bigger? Huh? It usually fixes a lot of things. I have nothing to say. I wrote blah, blah. I hate this. All right. Well, Michael's moving in the movie producing in a galaxy of bad ideas I've seen on Housewives. Why? Why, Ashley? And she's like, well, he's worked really hard and has change in the bank. So he wants to pursue something he wants. And since I told him it couldn't be girls with made up names who can hold fibers in their cornhole, he chose filmmaking, Andy. Well, Samantha from Leicester, Massachusetts feels like this is just Michael wanting to get into porn. And Ashley's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, I didn't think about that, actually. I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, I guess. Huh? Which is also the name of a porn he really likes. And Candace is all mad, like it's serious. They're getting into porn. And so Andy was like, <laughs> so you were insecure. Um, how are you now? How are you feeling now? She's like, well, you know, now I'm just like I was. Back to before kids, Andy. I'm just thinking every day, looking at Michael, counting the days until he dies of a stroke or a heart attack so I can finally get the goddamn condo to myself. Thanks for asking. Our sex life is basically like those Jergens commercials, you know, where a woman just goes up to a little alligator and rubs it on the side and is like, ooh, scaly. That's us now. All right. And she's like, so uh, you're back to normal. Are you with ladies now? And she's like, um, you mean uh, team ladies? Well, I'm not saying no to that. And wild trips to Abita. And she's like, well, maybe in the future. So Molly from the UK says, hello, folks. Candace, why do you seem to relish in being so nasty to Ashley about her postpartum body? Tally ho. <laughs> And Candace is like, I relish in being nasty to someone who has been nasty to me. <laughs> and Ashley's like, can you just answer the, what the question that was asked? And she's like, I am speaking. I didn't speak when you were speaking at all. I just rolled my eyes a lot and made faces at every single syllable that came out of your mouth. And that is called landing it. <laughs> yeah, landing it. Giselle, and so Giselle says she was offended by the wide body comment. And she's like, this is a woman uh, who just pushed out a human being and you're going after her. Uh, and Candace goes, so what? She goes, and you're making reference to her postpartum body. Uh. So Robin's like, yeah. Candace goes, Can- no, Candace goes, no, I wasn't. No, that's not what I was doing. <laughs> of course. Of course. And you know, you guys know the moment that Candace gets pregnant, she is going to be the worst. She's going to be talking about like, it's just amazing to realize I have this like body inside me that I have to take care of. I have to yeah. shepherd it. Like she's going to say all the cliche things, right? Yeah. So Robin says, well, Candace knew where to jab to make it hurt. And they were going back and forth. And she's very good at that. So, and it wasn't uh, about her postpartum body. It wasn't. 
Okay, well, I'm just going to ignore that. Ashley uh, and Shuli from Goon says, You're mad about Candace commenting on your body. Do you consider what Michael said about your body the same? And Candace is like, she, she Candace keeps on like nodding her head and like her head, she's moving her head like back and forth, like, mm hmm, mm hmm. So Ash goes, She's like, okay, I'm gonna need you to stop, stop your bobblehead for a moment, stop bobbing that weave, says, okay? Because she says, stop your bob from weaving, <laughs> yeah, stop your bob from weaving. So, um, so then she goes, Well, so he, so he goes, He really wasn't saying it that offensively. I mean, I'm like, well, you know, like what you said was like what you said was purposely offensive, but like getting in shape is like really important for me and in Michael, and like it's something that I had shared with him, and so we're just talking about that. That's all. Well, also, Michael's a pig and should be arrested for sexual assault, but he was saying that she looks great, and Candace said she's a wide bodied ass. How are those even the same things? I don't get it. Well, so, yeah, it was like, well, because especially because, well, Michael's comment was definitely obnoxious because he was like, well, you're losing weight. So that's really good. But I, and I'm not here to defend Michael in any shred. But when Ashley said that, I'm like, if they had a conversation where she said, I'm really, really trying hard to lose weight. And then we see a clip of him saying, and you're losing weight. So that's great. Like in that context, it's maybe slightly more tolerable, you know, and I don't want to give him anything, but like after hearing Ashley say that, it's like, uh, I just think they're great. both disgusting, but I don't understand how they're like similar in the same question. I mean, look, Candace is gross about it and Michael's fucking gross about it. Yes. Yeah. They're both gross. I mean, is that the question? But yeah. And he's like, Candace, what about the comments about Ashley's breast milk? Are you jealous? And she goes, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so jealous of Ashley becoming a mom before me. <laughs> and everyone's like, is she really crying? We can't tell. <laughs> Landed it. So Ashley says that she thinks it's going to be humbling for Candace to have a child and there'll be a lot of apologizing. And Candace goes, Listen, I'm a black woman, and she has made comments about my hair being dry. So should I be offended by that? Because you have a privilege being a lighter-skinned woman with looser curls. And everyone groans. They're like, oh, God. And so Mia goes, oh, my gosh. And Ashu, Ashu, Ashley yells, <laughs> this issue of colorism has to be addressed right here and right now. I have never denied that lighter skin privilege and white privilege exists. I'm a biracial woman, and I can't do anything about it, Candace. And Candace says, well, and I can't do anything about being a dark-skinned woman with 4C hair. So Ashley says, but you always take the conversation about us about being about color. And Candace says, well, I don't bring that up, which is kind of funny. You literally, just, literally just brought that up. Yes. Um, so Wendy is like, uh, Ashley, do you think colorism exists in this group? And she goes, Ashley goes, I don't think colorism exists within this group. Which now, this is this is obviously like... I'm a white guy. I'm not a woman. I'm not a black woman. I'm not a dark-skinned woman. So I, I can't speak really with any authority in this. But it did seem kind of crazy that she said it doesn't exist in this group because, as Wendy says, like, how can you say colorism exists within society, but then this group is void of it? Like, it sort of has to inherently, right? I don't know. Here's my note. Ronnie, you don't know. That's what I <laughs> That was the note I yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't know either. But it did seem. It just sounded funny to me that Ashley was like. Ashley was like, in this group, it absolutely doesn't exist. I was like, I feel like that's gonna haunt her. I feel like that not haunt her, but I feel like that's gonna come back to bite her. Well, my issue is that first of all, Wendy's like, does now now Candace, does it exist in this? How could this group be void of it? And then she like leans over and puts her finger on her chin, like she's on yeah, CNN. like she's Barbara she's Walters. ridiculous. And then <laughs> Ashley, you know, answers. Here's my problem with it. This is a real discussion. Like I would like to actually hear the discussion. 
you know. I actually but was it's really not that it's it. ever it's never brought up as a discussion. It's brought up whenever Candace is called out on something. That's the only time I've ever heard it brought up in this group. If is if Candace has been called out on something and she's getting mad about it, she uh, you, you know, she uses that. Where I would actually like to hear an actual discussion about it. But then this derails again. And uh, Ashley says, well, I don't see any situations where colorism takes place here um, because there are perceptions held in society. They try to project things into this group that I don't think naturally exists. In other words, saying all the people on Twitter are saying there's colorism doesn't mean there really is colorism, right? So Candace is going, mm-hmm, um, ooh. Well, apply that to everything I do that you say is offensive because a lot of that comes from an audience that wants to impress where they are in their lives onto us. And Ashley's like, um... You called me a slave. So. <laughs> and Candace goes, no, I didn't. And she's like, you said Michael drives his slaves. And she goes, no, I tweeted two years ago about Michael being an overseer. And you took it upon yourself because you have nothing else going on to bring that up. I'm like, I feel like uh, that's a pretty, I mean, that is a, uh, that is a, to say that on Twitter, like Michael being an overseer, overseer I think it's okay for that to kind of like, that B to get in Ashley's bonnet there a little bit, you know, like, especially if Candace is the one later on saying how she holds on to grudges. I think that like having your husband, regardless of who Michael is, like if, if someone says that like your, your husband is an overseer and then, then you by like uh, implication are there a, therefore a slave. I think it's okay to like be angry about that and, and to hold on to that for a little bit. Yeah. I just wrote, are we pretending this wasn't on fucking television? I mean, come on. It was just like two <laughs> yes. weeks ago. So then, I mean, Candace, she's like, no, I didn't. She goes, yes, you did. You said Michael drives his slaves. And then when I asked you if that meant that I was a slave, you just sat back and sipped your drink at me, which we mm -hmm. see the clip of that. And Candace is like, no, I didn't. And Robin goes, yes, you did at dinner. She goes, no, I didn't. Um, that was two years ago, that tweet. And you're doing this now. And your husband has talked about my husband. And she's like, okay, so Michael calling Chris white trash is one thing because that's a white man talking about a white man. But you came out of your mouth and called me a slave. And she just goes, Ashley, Ashley. And she's like, you're the one who wrote it. It's on Twitter. And she goes, yeah. Ashley, you can get a check a different way. Instead of coming for me, you can get a check a different way. And she goes, girl, I had my check before you set your ass on this couch. And she goes, well, then earn it on your own terms, not with me. Find a way to get another check. You know, she just does the repeating thing about checks. Now, and I'd just she... like to to uh, read some tweets from Candace. Okay, okay, sure. So I'm wild, 200%. We will not completely ignore the fact, though, that there is now an unwelcomed cockroach in my home. What kind of person who is asked to leave someone's home doesn't leave? Roaches raised in barns. That's who. This is the last time I'm coming down here to your tent. I don't have to ask my white husband for an allowance, nor did I lay on my back to get the lifestyle you so desperately try to hold on to. And yes, my natural all-black hair gets dry sometimes. Two cheers for your white daddy. And there's well, a lot more, but why read them? Just don't, you know, this is my <laughs> issue with her. Well, 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 and then, well, then the thing is this, is that Candace then tries to cast herself as the mature one in, in this situation by saying, I have no issues with you. You want to fight with me. So, like, Candace is inherently a docile and lovely person who has nothing but kind things to say. It's just that people mess with her and therefore, you know. And I just don't understand why that can't be applied in all all situations, right? Because I think everyone would say, like, I, I'm fine, but you, you came at me, so therefore I responded. But, like, she seems to be the only one who is allowed to have a uh like like to, to respond and it's okay for her for her to respond tenaciously 
So then Ashley... So Ashley's like, well, you're the one who's bringing me into all these conversations. And she goes, earn your check a different way, Ashley. And she's like, no, because you continually say things. And Candace is like, but you have done really fucked up things to me. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> of course you're fucking crying. Of course. Yeah. You get called out and you cannot fucking back it up. So here you go. And she goes, and I hold grudges. I hold grudges. You're the one who just got mad at Ashley for bringing up something from two years ago. So then Ashley's like, what did I do to offend you? And so, of course, it comes back to the Monique statement, you know, and Candace was like, that was so vindictive. And she's like, it wasn't to hurt you. It was just to seal that whole situation. And Giselle's like, can you receive uh, that she did not want to hurt you? uh?" And then Karen just goes, y'all are holding up our group. I need y'all to get over this. This is getting boring. (laughs) It's like enough. Enough with this. And Ashley's like, look, we can still have a good time. And then he goes, actually, yeah, you guys had a fun night out at New York Fashion Week. So then we cut to pictures of them parting it up together at New York Fashion Week, um, which really made me mad because I'm like, okay, so this is just all fake bullshit. And I'm getting all worked up over here. And they're really (laughs) friends behind the scenes. Then I got really mad. And Candace is like, well, Ashley is actually a very fun girl. I've never not said that. Yeah. She goes, I'm able to put things to the side. I'm... Not able to, hmm, I can't forgive that. I can't. I mean, you're all still friends with this person, knowing that, like, you stand behind what you did. I will never trust you when she says you're all friends with this person, meaning Monique. And Candace, so, and then Candace is also upset that Karen is still friends with Monique. And Robin's like, well, at this point, Ashley says that she regrets that you were hurt, and she did not think you'd be so hurt by it. And uh, are you able to, at some point, move forward for crying out loud? And Candace is like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. So, of course, this segment ends with Candace, the victim, again. I mean, she is good at it. You have to hand her that. Like, now suddenly she's the huge victim in all of this. Again. So then we get to the Wendy segment and her boobs and Zen Wen and her fur coat stripping thing for her her, uh, invitation or whatever. Yeah. And Natalie from Brooklyn asks... What? What's the point of Zen when? You were never Zen going after Mia and then Giselle and Robin over the Eddie rumors. I mean, what the hell with the self-given nickname? So Wendy's like, okay, first of all, Zen Wen was not a self-given name. Eddie gave me that after I told him to call me that. Okay, so that's first. And Mia's like, yeah, but you said it several times. TikTok, Mia. I'm Zen Wen. That's what you said. All right, well, Katie from Miami says, I think you look great. Can you please list everything you had done so I could do it too? Signed, Katie from Miami, not Andy Cohen who wrote this in. Okay. <laughs> She's like, a lift, then I did implants, and I had a BBL with it just taking fat from something else and putting it in something else and then, like, moving your earlobes to your nipple. I have great hearing in my uh, nipples now, which is fantastic. And I just want to put this out there. Women are going under and dying because they're going to the wrong places. And I researched my doctor and he is board certified. So women, you've been saved. There you go, women. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is this humanitarian movement she's creating about plastic surgery? <laughs> well, so. Carney from Wilson said, Robin and Giselle, your comments about Wendy and her plastic surgery and outfits are so anti-women. Giselle and Robin, why are you trying to shut down her agency by commenting on her body? And Robin's like, well, I had no problem with it. I, just, I, I think she looked beautiful. But we're just saying, hey, we noticed a change. What's going on? 
And Andy's like, yeah, I mean, I was pretty surprised because, like, you're a professor with all the degrees. And, like, as we all know, when you get your boobs done, your degrees evaporate into thin air. So I think, is it a fair question? Don't they take out any smarts in your brain when they put in bigger boobs? Come on! So Wendy says, it's not what you ask, it's your delivery. And if you sit down to have a conversation and say, hey girl, I noticed there's a difference. We can have that conversation. But I was never really given that opportunity. And Robin's like, well, I thought that's what we're doing. So then we see a flashback. And in the beginning of the flashback, it does seem like that's what Robin's doing. And like just sort of seeing it again in this context. She's like, yeah, I just want to know because like I noticed that like you're sort of different now and the Wendy I met last year was not that loose. I'm like, oh, see, that's where you went wrong. You called her loose. And even if you meant like you're like loosened up, more chill, you can't go on reality TV and say, say to someone who has new boobs that they're loose now. It's not going to land properly. In this case, Robin, not a good lander. Not, not, she's not canvassing it. Yeah, Robin's not really known for sticking the landing. Um, yeah. But I think what made this worse is that it wasn't, they didn't just sit her down. They waited till it was a dinner with everybody, which is housewives, so that's what you yeah. do. I get that. But they had also already done this behind her back for like a month. Well, I right? just <laughs> no. I mean, it was just, they talked about it before dinner. I mean, I still contend. I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world to be like, "Hey, we're seeing like like you have like a whole new so like not, your personality seems like it's sort of transformed, and you've also you know like you've had a, these surgeries like." We, you know, like we know that there are these like rumors. Is this, are you okay? Like, is this, is this coming from that place or is it just like you're feeling yourself? Right. And that's what Wendy was saying. It would have been a fine conversation to have. But, um, but then when you watch the clips back, you realize like the combination of Robin saying, like, you never were this loose. And then Giselle saying, like, the last Wendy from last season was a Wendy of substance. It's like, that's not how you have that kind of like, Hey, just checking in on you moment. Right. Right. Well, I'm still on the, they're fucking wrong team. I've been on that team the whole time. Robin and Giselle. So Robin's like, well, my observations were less about your appearance and more about your personality. I said, Candace, I can't say what it is, but Wendy feels different. And Candace goes, yes, that was out of concern. I do remember that. She's like, well, how would you take it if someone said you're loose and then said you lack substance? It doesn't seem like that's coming from a good place. And Giselle's like, it's like we were with a different castmate. Ta. Your reaction to Mia was way different than the Wendy I knew. Which is also true. Wendy with her like crazy reads of Mia at the beginning of the season that didn't really yeah. make sense with her TikTok. TikTok Mia. I mean, we all can't act like we like we started the season and we're like, whoa, what's happened to Wendy? Right? Like we all felt that, right? So Wendy but Wendy's like, Well, my interaction with Mia was mild compared to what me and Ashley had last year at the lake house and um Giselle was like, Yes, but you were telling Ashley to call you Dr. Wendy Ah. And you were telling like, this girl, TikTok, you don't stop. <laughs> yeah, meaning that last year, Wendy was leading with the fact that she is a, like, multi-degreed professional and a doctor and, like, very educationally accomplished. But, of course, then everyone made fun of Wendy for leading with that. So then she then she changes it up and everyone's like, wait, why aren't you leading with your education anymore? Yeah, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, Sam from Smith wants to know if your reads are practice, Wendy, because they seem kind of practice. And she's like, if I can go up against a White House press secretary and eat her ass up, do you think I can't handle these women off the top of my head? I understand it's so eloquent that you think it's rehearsed, but baby, I get paid for my words and you're going to eat, you're going to get every last bit. I was like, well, 
that was rehearsed. Like, <laughs> well said, but also rehearsed. And I've seen you on the news, and like every other commentator on the news, those are all rehearsed. Those are all practice. Your point doesn't stand with me. Well, Tawanda from Bridgeport said, Wendy, I'm surprised you went from professor to candles. Why come out with candles? It seems off brand. Oh, Giselle, is this your handwriting? Giselle, did you write this? <laughs> Also, why don't you get some purple walls in your home? Uh, he's like, are your candles available for purchase? And she says, well, they're, yes. Well, they're not now, but they will be by the time this airs. And he's like, well, some say it should have been in stores by the time you started the show airing, Wendy. And she's like, well, I'm just doing the best thing I can with this business thing, Andy. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that Bravo gets 5% of your candle sales because you got to promote it on our network, but if they were to get 5% of your candle sales, Bravo probably would have appreciated it if you got those candles into stores before the season started, so Bravo could have gotten a little bit more money, huh? Just saying. Man, there's a candle she's selling for $130. Crazy. People really pay that much for candles? I mean, I know candles are very fancy, but good lord. Good lord. Good it's on sale for a hundred dollars. I saw it last night on it's the called Twitter. Go to CBS. Go to CBS and get something from the aisle. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a special edition hundred and thirty dollar candle. So anyway, he gives Karen shit. He's like, What's up with you going to ask Karen her advice and then Karen withholding the fact that she has a candle? From my naked eye, that was shady. And Karen's like, Andy, and everyone knows, and Wendy knows. I announced my candle four years ago. I led the way. Plus, I've got three wicks, so. <laughs> so mia's yeah because mia's was one wick obviously and mia so mia's like um she's she, oh i'm sorry what i meant to say was mia it turns out has come out with a candle also which i didn't realize i guess i must have missed this on social media but mia has a candle but it's also just one wick and uh she actually was able to get it to the market before both of them which is kind of hilarious because she's a boss bitch so Karen does her whole thing where she's like, well, this is a multi-billion dollar industry and there's room for all of us at the table. So I'm not threatened whatsoever. It just so happens to be that my candle's the largest out of all of them. That's all. He's like, but you're the one who called Wendy a one-wig wonder on Watch What Happens Live. And she's like, but wait, 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 Andy. I own that, and I am the three-wick. I stand by that. Let's sell the hell out of our wicks, ladies. And, and as we like, all know, the wick scale only goes up to three, so nothing could possibly top that whatsoever. And then Wendy goes, I have an announcement. Um... Oni has a five, six, and seven wick candle now. And he's like, oh my God, wick checkmate, wick mate. <laughs> but what happened after this, which is so funny, is that Mia came out with a nine wick candle. Oh my God, no. <laughs> so Are the wicks good. just like arranged in like a ring or something? Is that how it works? <laughs> They're just, just bigger candles. You know those huge candles? One wick would only melt right in the middle. So the bigger right. the candle is, the more wicks they have. So Mia's is, is like a stand-up. It looks like a coffee table or like a side table. With oh my god! Wicks. At some point, they're just going to be releasing like a bonfire. <laughs> a bonfire I know. With like a puddle of wax on the bottom. I know. If I was a housewife, I would come out with like a ten wick uh, fire extinguisher, like a ten spout fire extinguisher. You know, because this they're going <laughs> to kill people with these candles. I have an eight wick candle, and it's it's so big it has to be separated into eight separate stems. It's like that's just a menorah. 
You just have eight <laughs> candles on a menorah, Karen. So then they take a lunch, and then they come back from lunch, and Giselle's like, did you have a nice lunch, Robin? And she's like, no, I was trying to take a shit, and I couldn't. It's a metaphor for her engagement. So Andy is like, well, while Wendy was giving us sexy, the blogs were giving us marital rumors. It's barely a transition there, but okay. So when certain friends tried to bring them up, Wendy wasted no time tearing them down. So then there's a montage and he's like, okay, who here had heard the rumors coming into the season? And so Robin and Karen both raised their hand. Maybe one other person was a Giselle, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Candace is like, not me, never. I've never heard those rumors in my life. And Robin's like, it was an unreliable blog. And Wendy's like, yeah, they attack us viciously and they make stuff up. And this is my issue. That blog was read by hundreds of people. This show is watched by millions of people. Oh, okay, so you're saying they're giving life to it by bringing it on the show. Okay, Giselle, you want to respond to that one? Well, it's difficult uh, to go through the social media terror that we all go through. uh, And the tone was, I, uh, Giselle, need to check in on Wendy uh, to make sure she's okay with all this social media nonsense. uh, Because I know firsthand, uh, Ashley knows firsthand uh, as well, how difficult it is to navigate. uh." And Andy's like, well, her point was specifically that you're putting something out about her husband, and that's not cool. She goes, but I said none of it is believable, la. <sighs> oh, gosh. And Wendy's like, what she <laughs> so... said was, I don't believe it. But in the same breath, she said, it makes me think that if the plastic surgery is to overcompensate for the rumor, and that's bullshit, and it's rooted in misogyny. What type of woman are you to say a woman has to have surgery to keep a man? You had a whole tummy tuck. Did you keep Jamal? Now, Oosh. I mean, she's right because, like, it is misogynist to say you need to have surgery to keep a man. But I actually don't think that's what Giselle was saying. Giselle wasn't saying you need to have the surgery. She had the surgery to keep the man. I think she was saying, like, did you have the surgery because you were feeling, like, unsexy or something like that? Like, I think actually, if anything, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be, like, a super Giselle defender. But I think, if anything, she's thinking, like, I hope you didn't get this surgery because you were thinking that, you know? Well, but. I agree, and I but I cheered with this Wendy line. I was like, yes, Wendy! It was a good I line. Was, yeah, it was good. But also then I thought, you know, Wendy, how is you, the way that you've treated Mia all season, not totally misogynistic? Like, yeah. you've done nothing but talk about how slutty she is and make fun of her surgery and her vagina, everything else. So I don't know that you really have a misogyny or, leg to stand on, but that was very and, funny. I liked it. And you've also, and she also supported Candace in a certain way by saying, well, Candace just sticks her landing with her shade, and that's the problem. When Candace is going out there shaming Ashley for her post-pregnancy body, and and then it's that's you know that stuff is you know pretty like obnoxious right and well there's a lot okay of hypocrisy in a housewife yeah. show you know and i get that and i almost respect the fact that wendy and candace are just like okay we're gonna do this together we'll go in here together and just have each other's backs no matter what because that's kind of what they're doing and i think that's what leads to a lot of the hypocrisy it's just like okay i'm gonna be this team no matter what happens today but it does take away a lot of her credibility in these arguments you know because these for Wendy, these should be easily winnable arguments. And I feel like she's struggling a little bit because with how she's been treating Mia and stuff the whole season. But that said, love to see it. I think she's she's actually doing a pretty good job in that first chair. Well, I mean, Wendy's Wendy's so smart and she I think she always eats them up when she comes comes for them. I mean, I know people have issues with Wendy, but I think that like she is 
I think she is really good with like I don't I actually don't didn't think that spiel before was rehearsed and I think that she is she when people come for her she she does kind of like get them into shape. So I, mean, I do I think, she's, think always... she's very rehearsed, but you know what? So are movies, and I love those. So <laughs> I mean, as long as the entertainment's good, I'm fine with it being rehearsed. Hey, and you know, there are some people who rehearse their lines and they still can't land it. Okay, so yeah, um, love the show, so good. I love getting into arguments over the stupid shit <laughs> about whether or not Giselle was being like awful by mentioning a, a blog on TV. Like that's my favorite shit. So yeah. next week it looks like we um, the husbands are coming on. Next week will probably will probably be like the fun and games episode, and then um, it looks like at the end of it we finally get Nicki Minaj popping up. Should be good. We'll see everybody, but we'll definitely be here. So come back next week. Thank you so much for being with us, and go get your Crappens Live tickets over at WatchWhatCrappens.com. Check out Dwell Hello, our House Hunters podcast, and I think that about covers it for now. Thanks for being here. Sure we does. love you guys. Bye. Bye. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Allison King. Ashley Saboni. She don't take no baloney. Dana C. Dana do. She's not just a Sheila. She's a Daniela. Itchels. Aaron McNicholas. She don't miss no trickleus. Ava Nagila Weber. Jamie. She has no less namey. Sip some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying. Okay. We McLovin. Karen McClelland. She's always supplying. It's Kelly Ryan. Let's give a kisserino to Lisa Lino. Megan Berg. You can't have a burger without the Berg. You don't touch the Nikki Morgan letters. The Bay Area Betches. Betches. And our super premium sponsors. Better than Tabuli, it's Annie and Julie. Always the wiser, it's Allison Weasler. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Can't have a meal without the Emily Sides. We will, we will. Joanna Rockland, you. My favorite Murdo, Karen McMurdo. Kristen the Piston Anderson. Kristen the Ruby Rubano. Let's go on a bender with... With Lauren Fender. We're letting the catlet out of the bag. It's Lily Catlet. The incredible edible Matthew sisters. No one makes us feel well like Megan Cap Sewell. She's cheese on a bagel. It's Megan Ragel. Mina Coochie Coochie Coochie. Nancy Cease and Desisto. Give him hell, Miss Noel. Shannon out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's get racy with Miss Stacy. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking violet Kuchar. We love you guys.